Yeah, We've been ready for 20 minutes, mate. Mate, like I thought I you were on face-stabbing detail. Hello and welcome to this, the latest edition of the Ian Prendercast, a Carlton podcast brought to you as always by the good people at MGA Traffic. We're here tonight to wrap up our round 13 win against the Suns. Probably a little bit more subdued than we were at a similar time last weekend. Probably a little bit more relaxed than we were at a similar time. The heart rate's a bit more under control and I'm very disappointed to say as I throw it at the big fubber ganoush that he hasn't been down on those ludes and he is he's looking like he's with it. So... Unfortunately, we thought last week we were going to get some craziness. We thought we were going to get some Steve Madden. We ended up getting nothing. We're going to get nothing tonight. So don't hold your don't hold your breath. When I said it, I got They're the lemons, Sean. They're the slow acting ones. <laughs> the, the, the delayed fuse. <laughs> the, the delayed fuse. I can't wait till they hit. It'll be great. Go right to the cerebral palsy phase. <laughs> How are if you feeling? Re- <laughs> if you can resist falling asleep for just 10 minutes, <laughs> he gives you a wicked high. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say when he's going? He goes, and you poor bastards won't ever know what they're like. They stop making them. You That's can't the get them anymore. <laughs> well, the, um, the wrestlers used to take them. All those podcasts I listen to, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and all those guys, they were the first guys I ever heard use the word quaalude. And I just thought, oh, it's like a muscle relaxer or it's, you know, whatever. And they used to do they used to do them like tic-tacs on the road and then just be absolutely out of their mind. But how have you been otherwise, Faber Ganoush? It's been a, an okay week. Um, week three of the old stage four lockdown. But um, I think it's week two, Fabian. No, it's sure? three. It's no, I don't mean to piss on your chips, but I reckon it's only two. Well, well. Maybe because you're out in the bike every two seconds, Sean, but you're people who are actually stuck at home are counting the days, mate. I'm, I'm chalking them up on the wall. I'm scratching them into the plaster. Like the prison cell. <laughs> How many days I've got till I'm out. <laughs> but lockdown does suck, and, and I suppose we're, we're fortunate in the sense that um, we've got a football team that, um, whilst we're riding the ups and downs with them, we haven't been perfect in all of our 12 games. At least we're competitive, and on, on a night like tonight, we've had a win. Always pleasing. I just thought I'd let that linger. Just thought, you know. <laughs> I just thought you were I thought there was no reception. No, no, I, I just thought. thought oh, I was just thinking, you're going to add anything to that? Are you going to introduce Tim or what? Are you going to introduce just, Tim or what? Like, excuse me for being a gentleman and seeing how you're going and seeing, you know, how lockdown's treating you. I mean, you, if that's you, you, the sort of slap like, across the face I get, you, being a nice guy, little, we will shut up. Li- we will introduce him. You've got a little stool. You've got a little stool in a bucket. And you're trying to milk something out of me there. No, Sean, no, no. I was just, just people. The listeners haven't heard from the big Faber Ganoush for a week. I was just getting letting them know, you know, how you're going, getting, you know, a slice of your life. Um, but you've obviously got Greg. no interest. <laughs> Sorry, they're saying I've got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> Mate, the fuckers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Mr. Jinx. Jinxy cat. <laughs> yeah. He goes, you can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> oh, one of the great moments when Jinxie flushes the toilet. We're going to cross uh, now to Dr. Davis, Tim Davis. He's coming to us live from the dungeon. Um, how have you been going, Dr. Davis? 
Oh, look a little bit like Fabian, you know. <laughs> the days do tend to blend. Um, so, it's, um, yeah, it does sort of suck the life out of you a little bit and the walls, you know, keep uh, moving on in. And You'd be enjoying, highlights. though, like the medical, you know, the medical seminars from all around the world, though. You'd be hopping in on those. <laughs> well, I do, do. I don't mind listening to uh, a few little updates here and there and sort of adding to the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the, the cache of information that floats around. What's the, is it the New England Journal of Medicine? Is that the big one? Is it New uh, England or there's one of those, uh, one of them have like the really highly thought of, I'm expecting, I'd deliver them occasionally. I mean, I want to leaf through them when they come through just to make sure you haven't written an essay about something. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will contact yeah. them, they're peer reviewed, I will contact them immediately and say, this man is not a doctor. <laughs> Look, and for what it's worth, New England just doesn't seem to roll off the tongue, but it's, uh, but I think you're headed in the right direction. Oh, but if yeah. it does, if I have a moment of clarity before the, uh, the, the pot is up, I'll absolutely let well, you know. So. Fabian, it's hard to, you know, sometimes the New England, the Boston sports fans, complete potatoes, complete idiots, but they are home to you know, MIT, they are home to Harvard. So there are some, yep. smart, smart, some smart cookies in that part of the world. Correct. Unfortunately, yeah, as you said, their fans aren't as, uh, aren't as smart. Shout out to uh, old mate Alex Billen. Old mate Alex Billen, <laughs> pod, pod founder Alex Billen. Those yes, those twelve was. episodes he did were a real hallmark. I think they've been, I think they've been added to the uh, the Smithsonian. <laughs> They're being preserved. No, they what? put it up. They, they, they put it in one of those. What not space, to do? Those, cap, those capsules where we've sent it out. That if anyone anyone from outer space ever intercepts it, they'll... they're not worth talking to. <laughs> the first thing they'll hear is episode one of the Ian Prendercast. Wowzers. I might actually delete that from the server. <laughs> it's horrible. Just to make sure there's no record of it ever happening. <laughs> oh, we we're just a couple of kids fumbling around in the dark. <laughs> it was fucking unlistenable. So to speak. So it's great, obviously, to have us on board. Like I said, it's probably less up and about than last week, just owing in great, uh, or in just to the nature of how the games panned out and what the games ended up saying. But uh, ultimately tonight was a game that we had to win to kind of keep ourselves in the mix to keep the season interesting as it comes to a close. Uh, whether your expectations are finals or not, you want to be there or thereabouts and you want to have as many live games in the back end of the season as, as possible. So what this does moves us to six and six. We're right on the coattails of the eights. And I suppose, Fabian, the big thing is a lot of talk about the scoreline, a lot of talk about missing shots for goal. I just want to say let's... Let's try as best we can tonight to praise the performance and the process to get the, the result. We've kicked seven goals, 18. They had seven shots at goal. Correct. And three or four of them were just... Not of their the own back. doing. Yeah, basically come from errors or, or, or sloppy turnovers from us and nothing that they really worked for. So we, we dominated that game for four quarters in every aspect um, we just didn't put the score on the board to reflect our dominance. Um, frustrating at times, and I think there were periods where we kind of... The game plan was to, to move it quickly and move it about, but over-possession sometimes led to the inability to kind of take easy chances. But you won't see a team dominate a game of footy much more than what we did tonight. It's interesting. I always find, Timbo, that when, when you're a neutral watching a game like this, you're obviously far more um, far more bipartisan. You're sort of just watching it for the sake of watching a game of football. The neutral fan would have watched tonight's game and gone, never in doubt. 
Like not even, not for even a moment. Would have watched it and just gone, nah, it's closed the door. This is done. We watch it obviously with our heart on our sleeve and we watch it fearing the worst. A lot of Carlton fans, you know, coming out of this recent era, fearing the worst that we'll stuff this up. These, these misses, they'll come back to haunt us. When people watch the replay, if they want to put themselves through the replay, but when people watch the replay, Timbo, I think they'll watch back and go, geez, that was really controlled, really professional performance. Without a doubt. I, and I think I've said this on pod before, but my dad and I would always say, you could watch any game of football and invariably within the first 30 to 90 seconds, you can sum the game up and you can go, team A's on, team B's not on. And you kind of know what the result is going to be. And look, sometimes you get surprised. Sometimes the team starts well and the other side does get back into it. But as a general rule, when there is one dominant team, um, it usually stays that way. And, and again, if you're that non-partisan supporter, you'd sit there and you're going, it's Carlton's game. We set up brilliantly. We didn't allow them to be able to take the risks that they wanted to take. They played our style of football, and and it just had that feel that you know that they were a side that were likely to be flat after a few short breaks, and and our um, our mo was just move the ball fast, keep them moving. They're going to be flat-footed. We'll outwork them. We'll give ourselves opportunity, and then hopefully we'll feast on them later on. Well, yes, we had lots of scoring shots, but we didn't quite get the the bang for our buck, but, you know, when when all we've been able to do is eke out small victories from time to time to finally have something with a little bit of substance and a bit of distance between us and an opponent, you've just got to appreciate that for what it is. Absolutely. You mentioned there, and a great point to make, um, clearly the MO and the directive was these guys come off a four-day break. They are still, obviously, a very young team. Channel 7 were at pains to give them every out in the book in the second half. So good on them for that. Kept on mentioning their age and, oh, their experience. And that was not an issue earlier in the year when they were winning, by the way. That was not mentioned at all. But when they're winning, that's an excuse. Um, they were going to be a bit heavy in the legs, and I think the MO clearly was move them around, widen the field, get them going from side to side. We're not going to win the game at half time, but when the game opens up, they're going to be out, going to be out on their feet. They're going to be absolutely stuffed, and, and that's exactly what happened. I thought it was a really good, bigger picture way to approach the game. Um, and to look at it to say, yeah, yeah, we, we want to kick goals. We want to be 10 goals up at half time. We don't need to be because I think that the game will come to us the longer it goes on. We'll run on top of the ground. We'll finish the game off stronger than we did. Uh, Fabian, one of the men- uh, things you mentioned, I should say, during the uh, game on the text, um, and without wanting to start sounding like a broken record, that we didn't take the opportunities, um, created a lot of opportunities just by virtue of really, really good pressure. Yeah, well, the pressure was fa- fantastic. Um, you know, Eddie, for all his shortcomings tonight, you know, his, his pressure was up. The slippery fish was incredible. Miles slippery. Gibbons in and around, ev- in and around everything. But um, well, I think I just think I don't want to use the word disappoint- disappointing too much tonight. But if they were, if we missed opportunities from you know general play or, or shots on the run or what have you, you kind of accepted, but we, we gave ourselves so many set shot chances, you know, time to compose, you know, dry the ball up a bit and, and really, you know, nail it home and I kind of excused it in the first quarter, but geez, it just, it just kept going. We like, we never kind of corrected it. Harry could have had four or five tonight. So, um, where was the Craig Bradley, where was the Craig Bradley Memorial towel? 
to wipe the ball down. <laughs> Diesel, yeah, Diesel loved to call for the towel too. Diesel had his own um, trainer. He had his own specialized trainer. <laughs> would come out with his own water bottle, his own towel. He'd wipe the ball. His own razor his, blades to put in that arm guard. He'd wipe his brow. Yeah, he'd wipe his brow. <laughs> <laughs> dad, dad used to have a, sweat dad, pulled him off balance. Dad, dad used to work with a guy who um was like a running joke. Remember that after Diesel broke his forearm, he wore that arm guard for the last two years of his career. He, he's always dad's mate always used to go, "What's that arm guard made of? It's made of like made of steel. Steel. <laughs> he's just running into people. It's got sharp edges on it. He's just grating it across people's faces." Um, but yeah, look, I think Timbo, what was really pleasing, really suffocated the Suns. We already touched on the fact that there's seven scoring shots um, off the top of my head. I reckon at least five of them came from what we would class as sort of unforced or unearned errors. Yeah, I was just thinking about now there was that one bit of play where Lukosius charged off the half-back line and got an overlap run and kicked it inside 50 um, to to create one of the goals. Beyond that, I'd, there just wasn't anything... You know, expansive from them in any way, shape, or form. So, I don't think I don't think we lost our structure defensively. Maybe the Rankin goal. I think Plough and someone had mixed up who yeah. who was on who, and I think they had two out on the on the fat side of the ground where it was kind of, and you could tell the way Plough kind of conceded. I think we've stuffed that up and left two of them out there. But apart from that. It'd be interesting though yeah. that that particular goal. It'd be interesting to see the behind the the goals footage yeah. to go. Yeah. Our guys, I reckon, have pushed up, and then we've obviously coughed the ball up in transition. And uh, look, guys like Rankin, the forward, can do that. Whether he's lazy, whether he's just, you know, you can cheat. You stay, can cheat a bit. He's, where he's cheating a little bit. They've rolled the dice, and two of them have stayed out, and they've ended up getting the shot at goal for it. But a cheating goal still gives you six points, doesn't it? No, exactly it? So, right. Well, no, spot on. So it'd be, it's like not a, it's not sustainable long term. No, um, but but you know that's that's the craft of the small forward is is to understand, you know, where is the space, where are my opportunities, um, do I lead up to be able to try and meet the meet the footy, or uh, when there is a quick turnover and the ball's going to move fast is the space behind me and and uh yeah sometimes you do get a couple of easy ones and yeah it's up to you as a small forward to make them all count so Absolutely. kudos to him for getting that one um and then just it's a it's a weird one it's funny sort of observing before we get in the chicken salads um it's a it's a funny one to observe a result like this where on twitter you, you kind of get into the mind's eye of individuals and and occasionally that was reserved for you know some of the ramblings we reserved exclusively for uh, talk back radio and it was that I suppose the the colander of this madness was like funneled all the way through talkback radio if you could pick up the phone wait on the line and then get on air we would be exposed to some strange stuff it was worth <laughs> listening to but on Twitter it's just unfiltered and it's just so much of it and like no one's saying you know tonight was the perfect performance but geez guys we've had a, we've had a really comfortable win in a game that we've controlled in a game that we needed to win, there's a lot of boxes being ticked here, and I'm just seeing probably a little bit too much negativity for my liking, given what we've just witnessed tonight. We always say glass half full, but at the same token, we've kicked was it seven goals, 18 to four goals, three. Shocking conditions, hot, humid, dewy. That's going to account for a bit of the, you know, a couple of the skill errors. There were so many positives in areas that really count long term from tonight controlling the ball, our structure behind the ball, we're going to talk about performance of, of individuals who have maybe not been in bad form but bounced back really strongly. 
there was a lot from tonight, uh, Timbo, that I just think that oh, we've just lost Faber Ganoush briefly. Um, we'll soldier on. But there was so much from tonight that I just feel that people don't get wrapped up in the negativity. Don't bog yourself down in we should have won by more. No, no, no. Tonight was, tonight was replete with positives and I think we need to focus on those. No, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think so often in sport, and you may have touched on it before, you always sort of talk about process and result. And you focus on the result. Um, you you don't you don't get to have your method in in place and and to be able to learn from it and and to grow. Tonight the process was there, the plan was there, um, everything worked as it needed to. We had the game upon our terms. Um, yes, if we were playing a better side that might have been able to hurt us a little bit more, we might have found ourselves under more pressure, and we can't afford to be kicking seven goals eighteen against some other teams, no. but. We're not going to get those sorts of conditions when we play other teams, and and equally, you know, when other teams, you know, in those sorts of conditions, they're not going to be putting massive scores up anyway. So, um, seven goals, 18, 25 shots on goal. If if you can create that, you've just got to you've just got to accept that the process is there, um, and uh, and if we do need to work a little bit more on um, finish at times, if we've got to work on Harry Mackay's right foot at times. Oh. So be it, but um, yeah, it's um, yeah. You've got to take the positives out of tonight's performances, and, and there was, was plenty. Who was your mate who had the uh, the sandpaper down the shorts or down the front of the pants? The cricketer. Yeah, what was his name? Uh, Cameron Bancroft. Cameron, wasn't Bancroft. Cameron Yeah, he would have been handy tonight. Just give that Sharon a bit of a a rough up every now and then. <laughs> Because the, the new the new balls have a bit of a sheen, they just need. They could be like, oh, well, actually, no, they didn't. I was going to say there wasn't any of the. Remember the the controversy when the Dreamtime balls had a bit of the Aboriginal art on them, and there was a complaint that the the lacquer, obviously, because it was paint, there wasn't as much surface leather. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I was saying that those particular footies that had the extra print on them were slipperier. Yeah. Rather than, and you sort of went, oh, I understand it. I understand both. I thought. I get why they would put the Indigenous, the artwork, because it looks great. You go, yeah, Indigenous round makes perfect sense, but then a ball was apparently really hard to control. Mm. Yep. So, yeah, Cameron Bancroft might have been handy in a forward pocket <laughs> just to rough <laughs> up the ball. Uh, just it's rough funny, up the ball. It's funny, though, Timber, like what you said there was, was really important. I've uh, um, I've said this on the, the Weekly Watch List, a pop culture podcast, which is also available on this channel, that for a while I, I went through a time watching movies and the like and being really cynical about them. And, and I thought a couple of years ago... That's unlike you, Sean. But I thought a couple yeah. of years ago something twigged with me. And I thought, and I think that this is what happens on nights like tonight. There's nothing worse than going in to watch a movie or sitting down in this case to watch your football team and ruining what you wanted something to be versus what it actually ended up being. And particularly in the case of watching a movie or watching the footy tonight, we have no control over how the game pans out. We sit down going, oh, we want to win by 100 points doesn't matter who we play, where we play, when we play. We want an easy game, win by this, blah, blah, blah. And you go, that's the dream. You sit down and watch a movie and you watch the trailers and you go, this is the movie I think it's going to be. But you actually have no idea what it's going to be. So you sort of that's go, right. just watch it on its merits. Watch it as it unfolds and appreciate the story that those behind it, whether it be a movie or tonight, are actually telling you. We've had a very comfortable win. Sometimes you'll get Shawshank and sometimes you'll get Terminator 3. It's just... Um, or Dark Fate. Or, or Genesis. Or Joe versus the Volcano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the point. You sit there and you go, 
like it's you know when you watch like a bad movie for instance and you go don't take it personally it had nothing to do with it going it just just wasn't very good and that's just how it works sometimes but that's as I said my, my philosophy was always yeah that ver- you know what you think or hope something will be versus what it actually ends up being you have no control yeah so yeah. we end up watching a game tonight yeah it's frustrating when we're in the moment you feel like you're keeping them in the game but in the cold light of day I think people will go back and watch it and go never in- we were never seriously threatened yeah no you, you could feel the whole way through we just had them um, and even, you know, three-quarter time, there was just that little fear in the back of your mind, but you've gone, they've kicked three goals and we're five and a half in front. You know, they, they're not they're not going to be able to fashion what they need to be able to get anywhere near us. And, and, and it's again, it's a product of most of the games that we've played have been close finishes. We've become accustomed to it. It's It's been a bit of a new normal. Um, so to be able to have one where... We crave that comfort, Timbo. We're craving. Oh, I love the comfort. Put, put it in love there, the comfort. Just, just because yeah. we're so, we we just haven't had it. But you know what that we creates? That we can't actually. But we. But the, I, what you're saying is 100 percent correct. We crave it, but we can't recognize it. Yeah. Do you think those in the coaches' boxes? What was Brent Stanton doing, by the way? He spent the whole night standing in the doorway. <laughs> every time they messages. every time they cut to the every time they cut to the coach's box, obviously there's the uh, capacity limit on the box due to COVID. I, I would imagine he's um, passing the Dennis Denudo note. He was just standing <laughs> in the doorway for the whole would you night. Like a glass of water. Would you like a glass of water? <laughs> I fucking hate that movie so much. Oh, oh it's brilliant, Sean. Come on. Uh, see, that's a film that I just despise. It's just one of your cynical era movies. No, it? no, no. I've I've gone back and watched it with an open mind. It's everything I hate about Australian films. Just really looks bad. Looks like it's shot on a fucking handy cam they bought from cash converters. Come on, Sean. It's Marbo. Disgusting. It's, it's it's the vibe. It's oh, everyone's a bogan. Everyone's a dumb shit. And it's like normal people live in Australia. Just make a film about normal people. Bunting was pretty normal in that movie. Dennis Denudo was. Well, it wasn't normal, but he wasn't a bogan. Oh, I hate it so much. I hate that <laughs> anyway, we so digress. Chicken, chicken salads. Chicken, chicken salads. salads we'll start with. And I, I used the term earlier, our fab professional display. Um, I thought we controlled the ball expertly. I thought we can – we actually – classic Paul Ruse shortened the quarters as well, kept the ball in play, moved them side to side, made them work to win the ball back. And, and in the end, there's some of the stats here – Plus 95 disposals, plus 43 wow. of those contested, plus 33 marks, plus 27 inside 50s, plus 7 clearances. So you equate all that up, and it's just control across the entire yeah. ground. Across absolute entire dominance, ground. absolute control. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said then, the, the, the big stat to me that stands out for all the slipperiness, the, the conditions, the, the inability to kind of be cohesive – we marked the ball really well. Pretty damn well. Well, Seth Reddy, everybody else marked the ball pretty damn well. <laughs> it was the artwork on the ball, Fab. That's what it was. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think Eddie could even... Uh... We're going to touch on Eddie later. But I think, Timbo, yeah. another pleasing thing, ultimately from those stats, just, just noticing here too, um, we had the best or the, the six highest scoring fantasy players on the ground. So you look at that and you go, geez, that's... It's pretty conclusive, really. Well, it's unsurprising, as you're sort of saying. There was there was no... I don't know that there's many positions that you would say Gold Coast won. Um, I think um, Lacocious 
probably got a lot of the footy, but he takes a lot of the kick-ins. And when we kick seven goals, 18, that's always going to enhance his his stats. Well, his, his um, metres gained, he finished up with, I think it was something like 730. And I, the next best was us with Murph. I think Murph was second best on the ground with 460-odd. And you go, as you've just said perfectly, it was taking potentially he's taking 15 kick-ins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, we, and they, we played through him a lot. I think we wanted yeah. the ball on the deck yeah. around him. Around him, yeah. A couple of guys Look, fish got away from him. He got played, away from him. Opposition sides played through Jar- Jacob Wiedering in his second season. You know, you know, second and third season because they thought he was gettable. Um, now, you know, they try and kick the ball away from him. So, in time, that's just not going to happen with Lacosius. He, he's going to be fascinating to see whether he's going to end up being a defender, a wingman, or a forward. But, um, but he's certainly uh, an we'll aggressive. End up being an Adelaide take- pro. Well, there's that too, but uh, take the game on and, and and really sort of you know attack at all costs. So, good one to watch. I think another highlight for me, ultimately, and a, and a big chicken salad was seven goals, eighteen. Okay, but we didn't let the missed opportunities affect our mindset and execution. Fab, there are Carlton teams in the past who would have started you know hot in a game that we needed to win, a bit of pressure on ourselves to win, and who would have gotten a bit hangdog about you know being. Uh, two 100%. goals, seven, and you know, gone into our shells and stopped playing the way we wanted to play. We've done it against Hawthorne. Hundred percent. We did not deviate from what we were doing. If anything, we did it with a smile, which um, I know might have irritated some supporters, like you know, wanting the players to get angry about not converting or whatever. But we just stuck to it. We knew, as you said, we if when you look at it, we were dominating, and the way we were playing, we were dominating. It was just, you know. We knew if we just kept at it, it was enough to get the job done. It was just about how much, and unfortunately it wasn't as much as it could have been. There was definitely that confidence, Timbo, that everything up until the last kick is working. So we don't need to stop doing what we're doing. We're not going to kick, you know, one goal 30. We will get chances if we keep playing the way we're playing. Those chances will come and we'll be able to put ourselves you know, arms reached to the suns and ultimately that's what happened. Yeah, there was a, just a depth of effort, wasn't there? There was there was plenty of run, there was plenty of support, there was always the overlap handball, there was lots of one twos. We were just we just really sort of, you know, we we, we talked about sort of moving the defence and all that sort of stuff, constantly moving the ball. Um That's but, just that's just it, Bubba Ganoush uh, yawning yeah, loudly in the shop. Up, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, can you hear that? Yes. Yeah. But there was there was some pretty significant buy-in from the players and preparedness to work, um, and as you said, that just lent itself to a dominance, a, a constant dominance throughout all the game. And to that end, it's satisfying. Um, you know, we you know that that's probably been one of the the themes throughout our our year in the way that we've looked at it is you know if performances been satisfying or have they been dissatisfying? Well. Tonight, it was sort of like you could see what they were doing. There was the performance there. There was reward for the effort, albeit not, you know, in truckloads on the scoreboard, but it was just it was just a uh, an approach that was working and, and, and I think they enjoyed it as a result of it. And, and we've always talked about getting reward for effort. Um, they definitely got the reward tonight and, and they'll feel good about their performance. Um, and, and now a nine-day break going into Collingwood, it's, um, it's a terrific... Um, springboard for five more games in our season. Well, Timo, I thought that was a really compelling, well-made point. Um, you won't get any yawns out of me. <laughs> Disrespectful. 
It's the ludes. It's the ludes. If I hold off, if I hold off for five more minutes. <laughs> You're just waiting for them to crack. Um, I suppose, Fab, well, hopefully you can stay awake long enough to give your thoughts on this. Um, I thought that one of the real highlights out of the game, um, uh, our shape behind the ball and our discipline behind the ball, I thought our back six was absolutely magnificent. Um, we'll get on to individual performances very soon, but just our shape, our cohesion, the communication between between that group, um, Willow, Simo, you know, uh, Weedering, Plowman was good again, uh, Jones, etc. Absolutely sensational. Doc, obviously. Yep, and finally some recognition for it from the from the commentators, which was nice to see. Everything about it, it's the, it was the setup, the spread, the, you know, to be able to shift plays, have an option every time someone had the ball. Obviously, especially on a night like tonight where it is difficult to control, you may drop marks, you may be on the floor, you need those options. And I thought every single time the ball was down there, we had it under control. It was it was as an assured defensive performance as you'll ever see. And Timbo, there was just... And a... that's not an exaggeration either. No, no, Honestly, no. No, it's not. Nothing. There is, I don't think we were worried... There's what two occasions I actually think where they well, I was just thinking then there weren't too many occasions in which, as well, from a communication point of view, there wasn't the support to 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 clean up to sweep up. Go the ball hits the deck. There's someone out the back. It's that classic. I remember um, many many years ago, Fab. It was was, uh, who was I? It was at a Ted Baker, I think. And there was this Italian guy, this young guy working at the store. And I think I was wearing a I was wearing a pair of like United track pants or something, and we we're just having a chat. And he was really funny. He said he'd come out here and he's um, he's joined a football team and he's you know really looking forward to playing. I said, "Oh, how do you find it?" He goes, "He was really funny. He took a really deep breath and he goes, uh, he goes, what's the word?" And he was trying to like find the word. He was you know speaking Italian. He was trying to yeah. find the English word. And he goes, "There's no. He goes, how do I explain?" And he explained it. He goes, "When I play in midfield, he said back home." said, there's always someone behind me. He goes, so I don't even yeah. need to think. I don't even need to think that they're there. I don't even need to look. If I if I want to move the ball wherever I want to move the ball, if I run into a wall, I just turn around and pass the ball back. He goes, there's always someone there. He goes, here, he goes, there's never someone there. <laughs> he goes, so you want to be expansive and play. And I thought, I was actually thought of him tonight. I went, that's that thing where there was always someone there if we couldn't go forward or if we couldn't hit the 45, mm. there was the handball out the back to retain possession, maybe go C-shape. But that defence just came together. But that's how good teams control games. Yes. Yes. So. And, and and from a list-build perspective, we built this side, started to build this side from defence. So it's, it's not surprising now that after several seasons, a lot of these players now having played a lot of football together that we do understand styles of play, patterns, what they're going to be doing, and we can count on one another. And 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 we're still a young side, despite what the media will always want to tell us. Um, and, uh, and and we continue over the next two and three seasons with the same core of players, cohesion, playing, playing the whole way through. Geez, we're going to be we're continuity. Going to get through. Um, continuity. I, I said this. I, my, I don't know if I've said this in text only, or I've actually mentioned it on the pod. But we, I honestly believe we are one of the better defences or defences, to be non-American, um, in the AFL. And I know everyone used to brag, they've calmed down a bit about Collingwood. But I, as I said, and I've pointed out to you, especially Timbo, Collingwood defend as a team. 
they're an yeah, eighteen. They're an eighteen-man defence, and for all the, the you know adulation that the media have, have given Collingwood as a, a great defensive team, Collingwood also don't score. Yeah. So even in those games where everyone was saying, "Oh, Collingwood are holding teams to mid thirties," well, Collingwood were only mid forties themselves. They're only two goals away from getting beaten. Yeah. And of late, they have been getting beaten. Whereas we have been able to score. And our defence has been... We play a different brand of game, so our defence is a bit more exposed. And for an exposed defence, I, I honestly think we are one of the better defences going around. Do you feel like they're backing in that natural development to actually be able to handle it? You need you need your mid midfielders, you need your forwards to obviously put pressure on the ball in transition, clearly. But do you reckon that's more of a philosophical thing to say our back six, which might be seven depending on where the ball is, but that unit, we actually gonna, we're going to back you as a unit to actually do more than, well, you don't need another four, five, six blokes clogging up that, that defensive 50, which means when we do want to move the ball out... In the transition, we are better for it. It's right, yeah, 100%. And there's only going to be and, so and many bodies, watched. you know, there's only going to be so many bodies, Timbo, aren't there? You're not going to have... If, if you and I are playing on a half-forward flank and in defence we push up to a wing, well, our man's not going to go into his forward 50. No, that's exactly right. Um, well, whilst we're on defence, we may as well talk about uh, some of the individual performances. We've been on about this for a couple of weeks, and I think there was no no night better than what we saw tonight to just be proof positive of what we've been talking about. Jacob Wiedering, he is Rio Ferdinand. He is an absolute Rolls Royce. He's an absolute yeah. star. And tonight we got good Liam Jones. Tonight we got, like, switched on Nemanja Vidic. <laughs> Because he was brave, he was aggressive, he was absolutely fantastic, Liam. Tonight, we've seen some we've seen some glimpses of him in the past where he's his heart's in the right place, but his brain is just not. <laughs> what are you doing? And I thought uh, Timbo that tonight what we got out of Liam Jones um, in particular was exactly what you want out of an attacking uh, sort of key position back. He played it perfectly tonight. He was um, I thought he was the poster boy for the defence on the evening. Um, I think he took the game on, but he was a monster in defence. He was everywhere we needed him to be. And I reckon Stewie Jew, every single time it was just going back down his throat again, he'd be going, can we keep the ball away from this guy? But in trying to keep the ball away from Liam Jones, you probably only end up kicking it to Jacob Wiedering, and that's 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 the worst of the two options. Do you think it's dangerous? Do you think it's dangerous that you... If I was an opposition coach, a part of me would be sitting there going... Playing the percentages, Weedering is less likely to be having an off night. So let's go through Jones and let's just, early on, let's just test him. Let's just see yep. how there Liam is tonight. And then pretty quickly tonight he showed, no, I'm on. So I'm then all on. of a sudden you're going, oh, we've got a bit of a problem here. Because Fab, the other guy, Jacob Weedering, his job on um, Ben King was absolutely flawless. I think King had blanket job. one touch. Did he have one touch for the game? I oh, had a shot very late where he had the snap around the corner and he got, you know, pole drived into the ground while he, you know, after doing it, and he wanted to have a moan to the umpires afterwards. But um, it's like Benny, put your big boy pants on. Yeah, no, you know, was... uh, you've, you've you've just been spanked, and and I think there was an irony in that. Um, probably our worst, well, no, our worst game for the year was probably Melbourne, but um, um, at our first quarter against St Kilda when we got absolutely jumped. And you had Geary um, getting the luck when he was putting the time into Doherty, but Max King 
just being able to grab the ball at a point where very few others can. Um, and and the realisation in that moment, there just wasn't much that Jacob Wiedering could do. Well, I reckon he set himself for this game to say, well, whatever I learnt in playing on Max, I'm going to make sure that I put in place this time on Ben, and Ben uh, Ben just didn't get a sight of it whatsoever. The King boys look like they've got like a summer internship at an accounting firm or something. There's just something about them that's really annoying. Great players. They're very clean cut. They're very, 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 cut. very, very, very exciting young players, no doubt about it. But every time I see them, I'm just like, you look like you should be getting summoned coffee in, in a high-rise in, in the city. <laughs> in a croissant. Yeah. Did anyone else Did anyone else fear Liam Jones doing a double ACL when he got hit by... A double ACL? When he, he, he took the mark and he got, he, I think he ran into one of our own players. Oh yeah, ran into Plowman, and then Plowman was trying to, um, yeah. Plowman was trying to point the finger at someone else. And the other bloke, yeah. <laughs> it was clearly you. And I just saw, I just see Liam's on his knees, and he's just gone, he's done the full, like extension backwards. I'm thinking that's a double ACL. Did you think he'd done the the Adam Trelaw, <laughs> pulled both strings at the same time? Strings, yeah. He looked like a well, fish well. caught in a six pack holder because he was wriggling on the ground. Um, Obviously, from from Ben King, I suppose a forward who was well blanketed, well held on the night, to a forward who who didn't get his just reward really in the end. But I thought Harry Mackay en- ends up taking an equal high uh, eight marks on the night. Absolutely horrendous conditions. What did can, he kick? Did he kick two goals? Four? Two four. He kicked. Yeah. Can I, can I give him some advice? I know, uh, avid listener. I'll you know Harry Mackay yes. to the uh, to the pod. Harry's got like in golf. He's got the fade. He's, he's got he's got that slice of a kick, the, the the left to right. That's just the way he kicks it. Lance Whitnell, like you know, Lance's goal against the Bombers in the prelim. Right to you know, left. He's got that that right to left, obviously. But Harry, being a left footer, he's got the left to right. Now you saw it when he came up, marked it on the wing, tried to switch the play. Now this didn't hurt us because we always had a man in space. But he hits it when he when he caresses it. It always goes left because, given the you know the dew and the conditions, the ball's going left. Yeah. When he's going for goal and he tries to caress it, same thing. He's pushing it left because the conditions aren't allowed. But when he smacks it, they stay hit and they go through. Someone's just going to tell him, Harry, try and kick this thing seventy freaking meters. Kicks through it, and you are fine. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's yeah, just, no, it's, I agree. It's, it's the style of kick in the way. And Murph's got a bit of that as well because the way he caresses it, which in any other conditions it works perfectly, but Murph can get under it a bit and slice it a bit. But in these conditions, Harry could have had an absolute field day. Absolute field day. Could have feasted. Um, speaking of Murph, absolutely all class. Oh. Uh, Fabian, once again, like Tim with Willow and some of his hobby horse players, I... I do throw to you his great trepidation. Speaking about Mark Murphy, I thought he was easily the best man on the ground. Um, what did you make of the former captain's performance? He has had a month of football. He has turned back to turned back the clock in the last month. He was everywhere tonight, and he was clean. He was his positioning in contest was was great, and you have some. Idiots in the media who will start looking at the lesser impact of people like Will Setterfield in the last month or so as Murph has stepped up. But it's just, he's been, his output in the last four weeks has been incredible. And he's been, I think I've given him probably three out of four best on grounds in that time. 
He's been he's been that good. And tonight was just another. Even the commentator said he he just needed a goal just to cap off cap off his night. And he was just um, in in the conditions, I thought he was just a cool head. He was a clean set of hands. He used the ball well. His spread was excellent. He worked um, great. Was the best bit. I think he just recognised better than perhaps any player on the ground, particularly early in the game, the limitations of the conditions, and then played not even played within them, but actually thought, okay, how do we actually exploit this? Because I think the Suns were setting up a lot of the time for the long kick down the line, and we were able to get guys like Samo bit off a few that didn't hit the target, but Murph certainly did well in taking that extra 25 metres a couple times, rather than just kick long to the flank, hope for a, hope for a stoppage, see what we get. Levi might clunk it. We actually Game took, management. It was. It was perfect. I think he was really important to that. Another player, I think, who was really important on the night, Timbo, Sam Walsh. Um, the season's coming to him. We, we sort of spoke, and we've mentioned it in the past, that the shorter quarters were going to hurt certain players. He, I think, was one of them. But as the season wears on, and particularly in the in the um, contracted sort of fixture blitz, uh, it feels like the season's coming to him in the last couple of uh, weeks. I completely agree. And I think even this evening he was a little bit of a slow starter. Um, and But just as the game evolved and continued, he just got better and better and better. He's so... He's so footy smart. He's so clean. Um, he's so good in traffic. He's not overawed by anything. There was a kick that he did in the first minute of the second quarter where he was running out of defence that just completely opened the game up. And he, uh, it, again, we we Kane Corns for some reason we've we've taken so many of his comments. Gone quite old Kano in recent yeah, well, times. Gone very, very the volcano's quiet. gone dormant. But, but that attacking kick, that's as good a kick as you would see by any player in the AFL anywhere. And it's sort of like, yeah, you, you want to tell us he's just an ordinary footballer. Yeah, you keep riding that hobby horse, champ, because he, he is just special. And, um, and Corns isn't fit 20. to wick the sweat of Sam Walsh's ball sack. <laughs> and you can quote me. You can quote me on that. Um, I thought that one one thing that I noticed from Walsh tonight and in recent weeks, at least, Timo, is he's just been seeming, seemingly a little bit, a bit more prepared. And that kick you pointed out was excellent to be a bit more creative. He seems yeah. to whether someone's told him or it's just the confidence or whatever it might be. Um, I just think we've seen a really a, a sort of real rapid maturing of an already mature player in the last little bit. <laughs> He's always been been big on being conventional. Don't overthink it. Don't don't try and go for too much. Be predictable. Um, work hard. Do your job. Those sorts of things. And and maybe that's a little bit of the the um, the cane corns. You know. Mo on these sorts of things, you know, the the media in the last month have have gone absolutely spare about any touch that Isaac Rankin has of the football. The guys well, that might tonight, be due for a I, spell, Timbo. Well, he was doing far too much. He was, you know, and, and he is a guy that needs to get back to the basics. And the fact that you've got tricks galore in your kit bag is awesome, but you can't you can't be, you know. Every single touch can't be an eleven out of ten. You've you've sometimes got to sit there and just do a lot of meat and potatoes footballer footballing, and and then when it's time to go, you go. And uh, and I think Sam Sam, as you said, has probably needed to be encouraged to go a little bit more the other way, and uh, and and be prepared to have a bit more run and a bit more dare and a bit more creativity. 
And uh, when he adds that to his repertoire as well, oh, my God. Needs to be a little bit more Maverick, a little bit less Iceman. Um, <laughs> Fabaganoush, I thought Paddy Cripps' performance was um, another step in the right direction. He copped a little bit of criticism in the last few weeks, um, which was given a bit more context in the front page of the Herald Sun today. But in the last couple of weeks, he was given a little bit of flack about how he was tracking and where he was going. But his last two weeks have been a fairly um, conclusive sort of answer to those critics. Cannot question his efforts ever. And even so much as the commentators tonight, they mentioned something of he needs to be getting easy ball. If he got easy ball, all they would be saying is that that spin it the other way. That, you know, oh, yeah, he's gone away from what he usually does. He's getting cheap footy, blah, blah. Mate, to have someone like him in your side week in, week out, doing that work and seemingly never getting tired, never, you know, never relenting. He is an asset that every team, every team would have. Now, yeah, I, I hate the whole, the Bontempelli, the, everyone's a different player. Yeah. He just, he, he just keeps going. And there's no, it's no coincidence that players like Murph and Setters and, and, and the players are you know, kind of in and amongst it, but on the on, on the periphery, they benefit from having a Paddy Cripps in there. And Absolutely. today was and today was just another. I reckon his effort tonight was was ten out of ten. He looked absolutely spent coming into that game. Absolutely, absolutely spent. Now, Timbo, hands where I can see them because I throw to you. Oh, no. Throw to you with this one, Jack oh, no. Martin. Um, that's one of your hands. You'd still be busy with the other one. Um, Jack Martin, I think, was again, you know, showed what an important asset he is to us um, tonight. I thought he was exceptional. Uh, ferocity at the contest, first rate. Ball use, excellent. Um, probably tried at times. He wasn't alone. I, I'm not sure if this was a con. Sometimes, um, you know, this is such a massive round, such an important round for the Indigenous boys. Sometimes they try to create the highlight reel because they're just they're so buzzed about it. They're so up and about for it. Um, but I thought that I thought that Jack was excellent tonight. I thought he was absolutely one of our best. And you floated a controversial, controversial question pre-pod, which I'm happy for you to put your name to here. Yeah, and look, the the question, simply put, and I'm inclined to agree with you in the first instance. But the question was, could Jack Martin make the All Australian team? I think he can make the squad. Look, I think he can make the squad, but I think he'll go awfully yeah. close. I, I think in those sorts of um, rewards, recognitions, it's incumbent upon you to be playing most games. So missing a couple of games with calf injuries and all that sort of stuff will hold you back unless you dead set belt down the door. And I think you, you tend to find – you often find too many midfielders get – thrown in to recognise everybody and a lot of those utility type positions will tend to get overlooked but playing Jack Martin as a genuine half forward flanker in the role that he's played there, yes he's been able to pinch hit in midfield as well um, he has been exceptional and and I'm still kind of fascinated you know, the Jack Martin magnet on David Teague's coaching board over the next three or four years where does he slide it to, where does he spend most of his time, I love him on that half forward flank but 
I, I wouldn't mind seeing him on a wing. I wouldn't mind seeing him in the guts. And if he wanted to have a run across half back every now and again, probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Have him leading out of the goal square in a six 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 at times wouldn't be the worst thing either. So he, he he brings a versatility, as you said. He's got the ferocity. He's got the forward pressure. He's as hard as a cat's head. He's got genuine skill, but he works hard to be a help his teammates out as well. So he's just. His versatility is just scary. I don't think there's much that he can't do. Um, and we've just got to have him out there putting his best foot forward as often as possible. And we are a better team. Um, he may have just lost a little bit of um, traction with the, the rest of the competition. So maybe he doesn't quite make all Australian. But if he finishes his last five, five games off well, kicks a few goals, he's going to keep his output front of mind with a lot of people that are making these decisions and that'd be a good thing. Absolutely. That's the, I reckon I reckon you fit the nail on the head there at the end. If he had taken more of the opportunities which he he had as far as in front of goal and shots at goal, if he had nailed those what seemed to be relatively easy opportunities throughout the season, I reckon he'd be more in the conversation than he already is. And well, I think that's a fair call. Yeah, absolutely. And then a last shout out just in terms of the chicken salads. Um, really, really pleased with um, the ongoing development of Tom DeConning. I thought again tonight he was very good against a really, uh, really you know, now experienced and well-credentialed AFL ruckman in Jared Witts. Um, jumps at the ball, he's fearless at that centre bounce, uh, took some nice marks around the ground, um, showing everyone why you know, there were so many raps on him now for a couple of years. He's got his opportunity and, and a special shout-out to uh, to Tom DeConning, whose efforts and development have not gone unnoticed. Um, here, here. One, one last shout-out, really short one. Um, I, I don't like it when people will often compare players to other players, but I thought tonight... But I'm going to. Perfor- but I'm going to. <laughs> the performance by Will Setterfield, um, he didn't do anything flashy. He didn't do anything sexy but he just made every single player around him better. And the way that he was finding the ball and distributing the ball through that centre of the field, and then everybody went on to continue to attack, it was really like watching a very young Scott Pendlebury. And uh, you don't want to give anyone that sort of poison chalice of expectation of what they're going to become. But his development this season and where he's taken off from where he finished off last season has been remarkable. And if he continues to to grow at the rate that he's at... No, not yet. We may talk about that next year or the year after. But um, but I, I thought he's had a couple of very, very good games this year and because there was a depth of effort from a lot of players tonight, his effort possibly gets not swept under the carpet but can maybe not be focused on the way that it could. But I think that was the best game he's ever played for us, Will Centerfield. Well, Champion Data had a good stat. I think they said he's the, the biggest, uh, in terms of midfielders, um, he's the biggest improver. From yep. this season, the last season of this, which is you know, champion data. We can uh, take or leave their statistics depending on what they're telling us. Uh, on this case, we will take them. But uh, generally speaking, have a pinch of salt handy. Um, in terms of the chicken shits, uh, not too much, to be honest. I think the only note I had down here really was um, probably just the old trying to walk the ball into the net a little bit. You know, we, we had yep. a couple of chances that... Be like your team, Timber. Yes, well, hmm. had a couple of chances whereby just have the shot, and ultimately, if you miss it, I mean, we're, we're still better off because we didn't end up getting the shot off a couple of times. So a few <laughs> I'm, times... I'm waiting for the quote. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for, for it. For the... I'm waiting for it. You miss, you know, what is it, Timber? 
The Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> you miss one hundred percent of the shots that you don't. I don't know. Take. Did Wayne actually actually say that? You 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 have led me to believe that he did. No, but like it's one of those the classic quote. The same, it's, but it's the classic quote, quote every week, and no one actually knows if it's correct. No, no, but it's the classic quote that everyone says. Oh yeah, Wayne Gretzky said that. But you're going. Did he say that? I mean, it I'm, makes for a fantastic story. It's one Sean, of those quotes. That's, with it. It's like you know, it cheats me, Fab. We've been speaking about this lately, so there's a little bit of chatter in the movie world that uh, DC they're doing this fandom sort of in, in lieu of Comic Con not being on, and they're going to announce their slate of new films and games and comic books and the like. Uh, and they announced today through Variety that Ben Affleck will be playing Batman one more time, Ooh. which he sort of needs to do in the new Flash movie, and that will lead to. Michael Keaton, Keats, returning to play Batman, which is magnificent. It's so exciting. Basically, the Flash tears into another dimension and he encounters Michael Keaton's Batman. And you go, that's exciting because for people our age, that's Batman. You go, that's great. Mm. For young people, they probably don't give a shit. But I'm loving this story, but how's it got to do with Carlton? Because the quote, the quote, <laughs> Fabian, I saw this thing. <laughs> Director of Flash, Andy Machete, talks about Affleck and Keaton. I go, oh, that's interesting. His quotes don't mention anything about Michael Keaton whatsoever. <laughs> and I'm reading all these articles on Variety and all these trade magazines. I'm thinking, Andy you Machete's tweet, quotes. You should tweet them and say, are these Machete's quotes or are they Wayne Gretzky's quotes? Are they quotes? Wayne Gretzky's quotes? <laughs> is this Wayne Gretzky? Is he directing the movie? But, yeah, it's just one of those things where you're going, where are you getting these quotes from? I like the news. It excites me. But at no I point just... did the director of this film mention Michael <laughs> Keaton's name. Anyway, I, I, I just did do a quick search for you. It wasn't about Wayne Gretzky, but it, I did find out that it is the indeed the New England Journal of Medicine that you were yes. referring to earlier. Yeah, Shorty, I knew so, it, Benjamin Franklin, <laughs> Thomas Edison. Um, so look, that that was probably the only chicken shit. Really, it's just a, that that opportunity a couple times. Have the quick snap. If you miss, you miss. In the end, we overpossessed it, and we ended up sometimes putting ourselves in more danger than we would have been from a defensive kickout. He's sort of going, oh, well, you know, worst case scenario, we can set up and lock it in. Um, and, and the Harry Mackay right-footed snap opportunity was the poster boy example <laughs> of that situation. You know, there's no need to overpossess it, go back inside the cor- corridor and put he yourself He just doesn't have a right. Well, he, he was right. out, he was on his right, and he just had to go for it. And Initially, I was not, annoyed. When you're not strong, yeah, when you're not strong on it, you know, I get why you try and make a certainty of it, but... You, you're just going to say, I'm going to test myself to see exactly where I'm at. And if it's going to be as bad as a, I fear that it might be, then so be it. But you've got, you got to get all oh, Brody Kemp's in the circle um, singing the song. Initially, I was annoyed. I, was, I sort of went, you know, in that split second, you go, what are you doing, Harry? And then I went, oh, yeah, he doesn't have a right foot at all. Like Not it, at it all. Basically, exactly he right. stands on it and that's it. Um I've decided we are up to date with the Prenders Player of the Year. I've fixed up the last two games worth of votes and they are put into the spreadsheet, so we do have an up-to-date. But I thought in the interests of excitement, I think we should put the votes in camera until the end of the season to the point where I'm not even going to tell you knuckleheads what the current standings are so we can kind of, I don't know, have some have a bit of excitement as we head toward the last five games and sort of see, see where the cards fall. So it is up to date from the, the uh, West Coast and Frio games. Um, like a BNF type night. Yeah, there's been a little bit of movement. Little Are you going to do the backlog of the, the, the marks and the goals videos too? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I don't have the time or the interest to do that. They took a long time to do. Um, I just People ran, appreciated it. Oh, yeah, they did, but I just, I just ran out of gas doing it. 
Um, so they are up to date. Our votes for tonight, and the vote is ongoing at the Printercast Twitter handle. Um, I went Murphy Jones Martin. Flubber Ganoush went Murphy Martin Jones. And Tim decided that uh, Jones not even worth a mention. He went Murphy Martin Gibbons. You love Gibbons. I reckon, I reckon you account for about 90% of Gibbons' votes. <laughs> he he had I think he had eight I checked the stats after I made the call. He's better he's better well. about double figures, Tim. Well. He had eighteen possessions and he kicked two goals. Okay. And his pressure uh, was good. Pressure was his good. pressure was excellent. Well, that's so fine, I, then. it was just I, I had a list. I, I as I go along I, I sort of write a little bit of a short list of the guys that I think are playing well and the longer it went I just found myself underlying Gibbons and uh, I was worried it, for it was a moment one... he'd had like seven touches and you'd give him votes <laughs> again we'll see I, I'm so gun shy with Harry Mackay he's had a couple of very good games where he could have justifiably been there and I can't quite go there but the Harry Mackay played better tonight he, Harry Mackay played better tonight than the game you gave him a vote for <laughs> I agree I think you gave him two votes didn't you I gave him two <laughs> Yeah. He had four touches. Yeah. Four touches. Jesus. But that was against Melbourne. We were pretty bloody ordinary, but late he was You were single-handedly trying to sink the Prenders before that even got off the ground. No, well, it's not the case. I, I have no vested interest, but I just the way that I was watching it and what my expectations were and how we were going to find our way to win, mm. I couldn't help but think that Mackay was going to end up being central to it. So that's my, that's my justification. Well, that's what I'm talking I'm about with the movie, with Timbo. That's what I was exactly what I'm talking about earlier, what you want gotcha. to happen versus what does happen. Gotcha. appreciating both. Um, we'll get on to the mailbox now. We had a good response to the mailbox. We'll tear through some. I'll see if I can find ding, some, ding. some good ones. Um, Shannon Emanuel. Shout out to Shannon. Listener of the pod. Gets in touch regularly. Love hearing from you. Um, he's finishing our work. The last hurdle to us becoming a genuine finals threat. Seems like we get nowhere near the reward for effort we deserve, nor what other teams get. Uh, yet we put ourselves in position to kick goals so often. I think that's fair enough, but I think that tonight... I think that tonight's maybe a bad example um, in, in just because of the conditions, the humidity. Conditions, yeah. Um, it's a fair enough comment, absolutely. Um, uh, and There's people, a couple of potent weapons also missing from that forward line that, that may make a difference. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Tom Linton, he got in touch. Um, uh, if we're a good team, that's what we needed to do. Scoreboard flattered the Suns. We controlled the whole match convincing. Um, scary to think that we had Charlie... Jack, Cunners, and Cruz are four of our best 22 uh, still to come back in. And I think we've spoken about that. You can A guy like Marchbank isn't in there either. People keep forgetting Marchbank. But we don't know what... I know. You know, we don't know what Kemp could potentially be, but he's been, he hasn't been drafted to sit on the sidelines. Four-time um, Brownlow medalist. Absolutely. Minimum. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, uh, Brady. He's going he's gonna to make, uh, make old mate Matty Rao look like Trent Spawn. Fair dinkum. <laughs> When he gets a run of born, he, he was seven foot five, but he, he was only he just he just stood up. He was just so he, he was like a blade of grass. He was like a like a he was like depending on what angle you were looking at him from, it was like an illusion. He wasn't there. Uh, he was like he was a, like Gru from bloody Despicable Me from the Minions. You know what he was? He was Gru crossed with a praying mantis. <laughs> he was a little bit. Uh, we've got uh, Ian Gilbert. Um, Plowman was excellent, just goes about his business. Walsh, Martin yep. and Murph, excellent. Impressed with TDK again. Never a fan of Nunes, but he's winning me over. SBS needs a spell, though. This is getting a little bit of traction, the SBS yeah, talk. Yeah, I know, and I don't like it. And I don't like it. He's he's playing, he's a, he's a gap Say it at like the moment. Pauline Hanson, please. 
I don't know how does she say it. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> well, you know, I think that Pauline, if we chopped up that, you know, we don't agree with her policies generally, but if she was talking about SPS being played out of position, you know, we would have an accord. Um, I think that he's a bit of a gap at the moment waiting for others to come back in. He's not a defender medium term, let alone long term. That's not where he's going to play. Um, he's clearly being asked to do a job. And, well, I mean, it's not the end of the world just at the moment. Um I think that once we see him push up on ball onto a wing, we'll, we'll see, you know, the best of him still. So talk yeah, for him to be dropped, I think, I think Sean, I, I think there was sure. a comment made in the uh, in the commentary this evening where they basically said in the last six weeks, Carlton's been the worst team at transitioning the ball from defensive 50 into forward 50. And that's the reason why... Um, SPS is playing across that half-back line because his ability to be able to distribute and attack and open up play is going to give ourselves the best chance of a team to be able to effectively make that transition. So I, I, I get some of the frustration that's coming from the fans. I just don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a method behind what we're trying to achieve. Um, obviously, Marchbank's a good distributor, good kick of a footy, and, and and so is Nick Newman. Nick Newman obviously won't play again this year, but when you've got players like that that are in there, then all of a sudden your reliance on somebody like a Sam Petrovsky seaton will will wane and relax. And I think, as you said, there'll be a redistribution of talent that probably will see him up on a wing and probably see some of those other players push forward, um, you know, inside 50, the Martins and all that sort of stuff can be a little bit closer to goal when that happens, so... And yep. Cunningham as well when he plays. I'm loath to throw to this man's message because of the shitstorm that he started, but Ash Gallagher's been in touch again. Is he talking Arsenal? No, but there's a picture oh. of... He's, he and his, his lad are wearing an Arsenal shirt in his profile picture. It's almost worth not talking about. But <laughs> uh, he says, he uh, thought Pitt had a, had a poor game, but it did allow Casbolt to stay forward. He asks, would you persist with this setup for the Collingwood game? Um, I, point, was, I, yeah. I was going to touch on this before. I was. I actually texted. Whilst he didn't have a a complete game, I, I thought he kept. I thought he kept Jared Witts honest in the centre bounces where he started to get on top of, especially on top of TDK. Now TDK held his own around the ground, but Peter's in the middle, and I think the double headed or the two headed approach to the ruck, especially against. A dominant ruckman like Wits, I think it worked, and I think we may need to play that against Brody Grundy because Brody Grundy is arguably think, the best ruckman in the league. Yeah, I think De Conning's probably too green to go head to head for for you know the majority of the game. But if you've got guys like Casbolt, particularly around the ground, is a good matchup for Grundy grappling, wrestling, um, and Pitnet obviously, you know, taking that first ruck. Makes sense, I think, next week. Uh, how was Pitter's? How was Pitter's mark, and then kicking it on the full? It was oh. absolutely magnificent. <laughs> so much wrong. So much wrong. Um, Tim W uh, got in touch. Uh, how do you rate our chances of making finals? I wrote us off two weeks ago, so I forfeited my right to an answer. But like the turn at Flemington, he's speaking your language. Timbo, dead five, rail I'm, in. There are gaps it. opening up. Are we good enough, dead five? Uh, walk the track, uh, mares, geldings. Tim told me one of the. We'll touch. Sorry, answer the question. I Tim, think but... I think that on Tim's question, that it's the classic Wayne Gretzky. Um, no, it's it's the classic. If if we're good enough, you sit there and go, well, we just got to win. If we keep, keep I, I, if we keep winning yeah. games of football, we can make it. And we can beat some of the teams we're playing. We've got to beat them. 
our next two games are Collingwood and GWS. Neither of those two sides are in great form. I think if we looked at the, that um, that fixturing at the start of the season, you'd say we'd be luck. We would be lucky to get a win out of those two games. All of a sudden now, there's absolutely no reason why we couldn't take both scalps. And even if we go 50-50 through those two, to follow with Sydney and then Adelaide, you get two wins there. Um, so if we win three of our next four, we would be sitting on nine and seven with a free shot against Brisbane at the end. And if we get done by Brisbane and we don't make the finals at nine and eight, it would be frustrating but you'd, you'd be satisfied with that as a season. Um, but but again, at least that plays like a final. Well, this is it. But but it, it, it ends up the free shot. And there's every chance that Brisbane might be safe inside top four and um, you know, potentially the finals being at Queen, in Queensland. And they may... They may well, I, I don't think teams flirt with resting. And I think the talk is there probably will be a week behind, between the final round of the year and the first week of the finals. So they'd be loath to have people miss two weeks. But still, um, we'd be. It just could set up in a way if we take care of business that um, that that we could really give it a shake. <laughs> one of our one of our followers got Rob Ward. He's just posted a photo of take that in the, in the <laughs> mailbox, and I'm like, to the point, direct, like it. That's just his comment, though. Take that, and I think we can all we can all share that. Cop that. Um, <laughs> Hold on, we've got to Nick Walsh, Panda Pondering. Is there a little dirty secret that Blues fans and the club aren't willing to admit? Do we need to give credit to Bolton for the defensive structures that uh, he invested in so heavily and we're now reaping the benefits of? I'll feel this one, Nick. No, because Bolton, <laughs> Bolton stole a wage from the Carlton Football Club for however many years. Um, he was a lovely, lovely guy. He's probably an absolutely magnificent second in is command. This, is he still on your Twitter banner? Sean? Yeah, I think he is. People misinterpret that. Um, <laughs> that's me. That was me picking. Next to him. That was me picking a hair out of my beard um, in the <laughs> foreground. Look, oh, oh, look. Oh, I'm being flippant, but I think that sometimes people, the Bulldogs, did this with Brendan McCartney as well. When Beveridge comes in, and oh, I think we need to give credit to the last guy who was so incompetent he got sacked. No, I think we need some perspective. I appreciate the perspective of the question absolutely. Um, I think that what Teague has been able to do, he's come in, he's taken charge of a team that was so low on confidence, that had so little direction, so little faith in what they were being told to do would work. Um, he completely, in the back half of last year, you know, rejuvenated the football club and he also actually gave us the confidence in what we'd been doing for the last four years was the right thing and he did it in half a season. Yeah, so, and what we were doing is in off-field recruiting yeah, and direction. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, Look, Bolton has to take some praise for the you know for forging this defence, forging it through fire because he put no midfield or forward structures in place. To <laughs> he, seemed, the, he actually seemed completely nonplussed about scoring. I'm going to give these guys four quarters every week of absolute intense bombardment of football. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite of all time was against Adelaide when we decided to play Charlie one man like one man. It was like one against four. And so even if we won the clearance at the centre bounce, we had nowhere to go. It was just the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen in my life. And yep. no, no one asked him about it. It was extraordinary. Um, we'll try to go for one more. Uh, where have we got? Um, the flat sticker. Uh, boys were 6 and 6, 100% um, uh, percentage. 
coach and team balance and consistent effort uh, over the last few rounds. Perhaps we're going along beautifully. It isn't pretty for us supporters, but surely we can see the prove the improvement um, week by week. And I think that's I think that's a really good perspective to have. I think we're we've been down for so long. We've been scratching around for positives for so long, wondering if we're going in the right direction and can we win and this that and the other. That I think sometimes you can, um, you know, it's uh, the forest for the trees. Sit yep. there going, we've won a game of football tonight that we've controlled. Did we Gretzky wanna, say that? I think Gretzky said that, forest for the trees. <laughs> uh, you, you miss 100% of the trees you don't cut down. Um, but I think it's a really good perspective to have. I think um, that was the Lorax. <laughs> the, the Dr. Seuss. That's <laughs> not. Was, was he the one that was always sleeping? No. He's no, the one no. with the big yellow moustache. Yeah, no, the Lorax is the one that was uh, trying to teach people to not cut down the trees because you'd need them later on. And uh, it was actually 30 years before its time, if not longer. Sounds like lefty propaganda to me, Timbo. Well, it just depends on what your baseline is. So the Lorax is to blame for the bushfires, is that right? <laughs> Lorax is uh, lax. Backburning <laughs> philosophies is what left us vulnerable this past summer. <laughs> but they ran out of trees altogether. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you don't need to cut I've down all the trees. trees. <laughs> well, this is the thing. That's that was the lesson. Make a point, but don't exaggerate, Doctor. There Sue. was some restraint required. I think was the uh, lesson learned. So, thank you to everyone who contributed to the mailbox. Far too many comments that we could possibly get to. Um, so, so thank you. Do keep in touch. Um, we've obviously got Collingwood this coming week. Uh, as Tim said, the nine-day break, which is a really good opportunity to refresh and reload, and, and they're sort of you know vulnerable as much as we don't want to you know, um, poke the bear, but uh, they do feel like they're quite gettable. Um, still Sidebottom's obviously headed back home as of today, yep. which is a significant loss for them. He's an outstanding player. Um, probably yep. an opportunity, if you haven't watched our Game of Rivals video about Ooh, Collingwood, um, that is the pinned tweet on our Twitter uh, and is absolutely ripe to get you frothing at the mouth. Uh, for the biggest game in football, it remains that. Um, go to that. It's uh, it's on our YouTube. It's on our uh, Twitter account if you haven't watched it. Um, I suppose it's a tricky one talking about games against Collingwood because there's been so many absolutely outstanding moments that you can kind of take for granted that they even happen. We, we've spoken about them so many times and they're so woven into the history of not only the football club but the game of football itself. Um, uh, in terms of you know great wins against them, I mean... I think every win against them is great because you know, <laughs> we just hate them so much. It's like Essendon. Oh, they're not as they're not. I hate me, Essendon oh, more. I, I, my, I, hatred, my hatred I've of Essendon. Yeah. My hatred Nothing of Essendon is like, um, you know when you know in the uh, Back to the Future Three Fab when they're throwing those, you know the the the. Uh, they're trying to stoke the fires in the Delorean that in the, of the train. You know they're like lighting mm. it up. And yep. it's just becoming hotter and hotter and hotter. Yep, yep. You know, that's me in the build-up to an Essendon game. I could be quite placid. <laughs> and then as soon as I sit there and go, like, it's, you know, we're playing them this weekend, I just become an irrational madman. I just become an absolute <laughs> lunatic. Yeah, no, that's – now, Essendon by far and away. I've mellowed on Collingwood a bit, and maybe it's – married to a Collingwood supporter. Family circumstances. Yeah. Um, but um, Yeah, but you say Kelly's – you say Kelly, and she's notionally she's a Collingwood supporter. She's slowly trying to turn Alexander. But if Collingwood if Collingwood lose, she's over it at the end of the siren. Oh, 
Kelly, Dom Shee kicked that goal. I think Kelly was putting like dim sims in the oven or something. She just did not give two squirts of this. <laughs> she probably goes, oh, good on him. And she's oh. done a hell of a lot of nudie runs to Chris Judd and Mark Murphy, praise. So uh, I reckon, I they, reckon she, she's all but navy blue. They, those were the times, Timbo. They, they've slowed right down. Would it be fair to say? <laughs> would it be fair to, fair to say, Faber Ganoush, that your one of your all-time great uh, or favourite wins against Collingwood was the uh, centenary match? Yep, um, just just got fond memories. I was in grade five. I remember the day after going to school. My my grade five teacher, uh, Sue Feeling. Um, shout out to Sue. Shout out to Sue. Um, she feeling good. <laughs> feeling <laughs> fine. Say that. How you feeling? Um, she was a big Carlton supporter herself, so it was uh, spent most of the morning talking about the game. But um, I just I remember everything Did about. Did Tony let you the, stay up to watch it? Yeah, absolutely. Were you there or we, did you watch it live on TV? No, 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 there, 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 there. Tony let you there out was, of the house. You don't even let your kids, like, as soon as the clock strikes seven, they're in bed, it's night time, go to sleep. And he let you kids, out on a school yeah, night. Yeah, I was in grade five. To the mate, MCG. My, my, my child is not... The hypocrisy, the double free. standard is disgusting. But, um, yeah, Thursday night, um, it was... I was there the week before against the Bulldogs, which was horrible. Um... I just remember everything, the fireworks, the... Um, I, I cover the, it in the, the game of... The oh, Inexex... Uh, I cover it, uh, Fab, in the Game of Thrones... Game of, game of Thrones, Game of Rivals video. I don't I think people... I, I don't think people understand who... If you didn't live through the centenary match... It was huge. It was enormous. Listen, and everyone was like, what, Thursday night football? Like, what? And literally was like, it was like an event everyone it's sat down. It's going to be live on TV? It was, you know, it had the, uh, had the, you know, the Lou Richards, Mike Williams, and comment, you know, commentary, and then mixed in with the current day commentators of the time. It was, and I've rewatched that game so many times; it's not funny. But I just, it's the shootout between. There was a like a ten minute period where Kernahan and Dacos go nuts, and Sticks was like, "I'm not getting outdone by this prick." Sticks kicks one of my favourite Carlton goals when he goes it's back the, from fifty five. Yeah. Yeah, take that. He's 55 yeah. off, like, two steps. He basically sizes it up and goes, I'm setting sail. I'm going for it. Yeah. If if it wasn't for a Collingwood goal, Dacos nails one from the pocket, just nonchalant, just turns around, almost at, at the point of the 50, where the 50 meets the boundary, and just, he was taking the piss at times, Peter Dacos, and it was just, that game for me, I don't know, it's just, it's, just a, it's a childhood it's memory. Romantic. It it's was, a- you know... We got the win. It was Diesel's first game? Second first? game. Second, second game. game. So, um, boot against the Bulldogs. Timbo, one of my... Um, got slaughtered by Simon Atkins. Yeah, we were horrible that not day. not a place you we want to be. We went with my cousin. It was like, geez, that was horrible. Um, yeah, we were driving home from Sydney when uh, we played the uh, played against the Bulldogs. Did you go and uh, see the Bloods, Timbo? No, no, I was swimming... Road trip a, to see the Bloods. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd swum at a national championship and uh, family was up and we uh, we drove Yellow budgies? Afterwards. No, no, they were the, just the electric blue days, the okay. stock standard electric blue. Yep. And, uh, but not we, the um, thought body suit? Uh, no, not in those days, mate. I, my career Shaved ended down? before the... No, no, not that. I think the next year I started shaving down. Wouldn't that have so. created friction? That would have cost you tense, Timbo. In those days... You're a very hairy man. You would have been leaving, leaving a lot of time in the pool. And that's why you were, and that's why you weren't on the blocks to give Gary Hall Jr. No, nah, that's to, exactly right. Timbo, if, if, only. if you got the Gillette out 
and shave down at that uh, swimming championships, you would have been carrying, what's the drag coefficient on 15 pounds of hair? <laughs> plenty, plenty. It was like you were wearing a cable knit sweater in the pool. <laughs> Um, one of my favourite Carlton wins against Collingwood. I love how we didn't let him finish that story. <laughs> I'm not interested. Um, one of my favourite Carlton wins over Collingwood stories is the Justin Davies heroics. You know, these games yes. make heroes out of the unexpected. Um, you know, we were a struggling sort of team at that particular time and um, Davies pops up and kicks three goals in the last quarter to give us a super unlikely uh, victory against a really well-fancied Collingwood. And it was one of those great, great games I remember in the last quarter. It was a tight game. Like, it was a you know close game, and we ended up kicking out to a bit of a lead, and Davies catches fire, kicks some goals. And you know that moment where you're looking around in a big game against a big rival, big day, and you're sort of waiting to see when the opposition fans throw in the towel? Yes. When do they reckon it's over? Because you're sitting there going, geez, we're three goals up or a couple goals up. Geez, we're looking all right. We'd rather be where we are than where they are. But Correct. you look around and you start seeing the you start seeing the aisles emptying. And no, there's no, there is no better feeling in football. Nah. When, when, the op, when the opposition side hang up the boots, you go, we've got them. And, and do realistically... You reckon, do you reckon it flows to the... I mean, this is going to sound potentially I ridiculous. I was going to say something. I reckon players see it. Do you reckon they see it and go, they're putting, they're waving the white flag? It, they have to. If there is eighteen players from each side, even the guys that sit potentially sitting on the bench, if there are eighteen players on the ground, one of them has got to be able to see the the ants going up the aisle and sitting there and going, "Fuck, they've given up." Doesn't always work. I was at the Melbourne Essendon game at Eddie had. We did like a, um, a Cardno thing that night, Timbo. We all went oh, yeah. to the footy. And Essendon were down by like what three or four goals or something. They've stormed home. I think Scotty Lucas has kicked one right at the end. And I remember Rod Jude cracked the shits. Shout <laughs> out to Rod. <laughs> and stormed out. And cracked missed a great finish. Missed a big Essendon supporter. And then obviously all he's heard was whilst walking out of the ground was just all these cheers. Look, like one, two, <laughs> three. And his team's got up and won. Wow. <laughs> I, I think what you're saying, Sean, it's uh, I still remember the night that Justin Davies did what he did and um, the frustrating thing is in, a, in, a, in the moment like that, you've just gone, we found a footballer and, and that was the moment, that was his birth and he will retire one of our very good players and uh, and, and it was just, he, he never got any consistency or continuity in his game. He certainly had a great engine and he could run, but he just never, he had a bit of never a ben put it together Stiller, after that. He had a bit of a Ben Stiller perm, you know, we were talking about. He had a about, lot of hair. Yeah. He had a very thick hair. But, but, but once again, what I love about it is that that, was, that would have been, what, 2004? Uh, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, I, what I love about it is 16 years later, and this is what a guy like Jack Noons is looking at, you sit there and go, these games, Carl, you know, Essendon, Richmond, Collingwood, Collingwood and Essendon particularly, they make you know, um, legends of, of players who might not have exceptional careers. Jack fucking Noons. Jack fucking Noons. But they make yeah. legends of you sit there and you go, it's a really great thing. That Simon Beaumont. Simon Beaumont. You go, you know, Justin yeah, Davies yeah. leaves the game and... You know, his career might not have reached the heights that he had uh, dreamt that it would, but you sit there and you go, if he came across a Carlton fan of a particular era and they recognise, oh, it's Justin Davies, they might, you know, bring up, oh, he kicked, you know, he won the game against Collingwood in front of 80,000. Yeah. And you sit there and go, you actually take something out of your career and go, yeah, I did. 
Yeah. I did do that. Yeah. yeah, Jack News. I I did kick the winning goal from the boundary line. Highlights, yes. highlights against teams like Collingwood count for more. Yep. Fev in oh, the Millennium Game. Fev well, no, Fev in the Millennium Game counts for nothing. Fev against when he kicks like seven Harry eight o. goals Fev, against Fev, them. Fev embarrassing Harry O a couple of times. Oh, yeah. I, 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 Eddie Eddie Betts's Eddie Betts's check side against Collingwood. Sauce? Any any sauce memories uh, you want to bring up? Oh, was it like was it Stasovic or Krasiska that he took the mark over? Eighty-seven. Uh, I thought it was Michael Christian. No, it wasn't Michael Christian. Wasn't it Graham was Wright. No, it'll be Krasiska or Stasovic. And I'm happy to be proven wrong, but I reckon it's Craig Stasovic. All I know oh, is... It might be Stasovic, actually, yeah. In yep. the uh, Game of Rivals video, in that centenary game, um, there is a clip where Earl and uh, Steve, uh, Steve uh, Silvani both decide to try to kill Craig Stasovic at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you have said that before. The ball's in dispute yeah. and the violence. <laughs> they attack Stasovic. Things you do, things you do against Collingwood just etched in the memory, good and bad. Darren Tarkson will forever be etched in my memory for that that running bounce down the wing and then smacking it out of bounds on the floor. <laughs> you wake up in a cold sweat. Tarkson! Darren Tarkson. Peter Cavanagh. I still remember Peter Cavanagh played Andrew, with the Harry. Andrew Cavanagh. Andrew Cavanagh. Who was Peter Cavanagh? You're Peter, Peter Cavanagh. I think Peter Cavanagh, yeah. He's the one who got caved in by, <laughs> by plugging. But um, yeah, Harry got dropped for that. Centenary, centenary game. Centenary game. He yeah. looked good. Uh, he looked good, uh, Cavadon. Yeah, lanky, talent. lanky, yeah. and then didn't really fire a shot after that. Um, but no, look, obviously Collingwood and, uh, and Carlton games always mean a little bit more, and we look very much forward to next Sunday afternoon up at the Gabba. Um, but I think that just about wraps us up, doesn't it? It does. We could speak about Collingwood games for four hours. So um... no, we couldn't. We've only got two and a bit hours on the on the. Um, micro SD. So <laughs> the road uh, podcaster pro would run out of patience with us before we ran out of stories. Tim, uh, we've run out of time this time, but Tim's got a, 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 a very sad but oddly funny story about if, a horse. Do we want to test uh, that? Do we want to test it though? Do we want to? That um, what's sad about got, it? it? What the one from during the week? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it's the way you told it that made it made something that's not funny at all. I, I found it extremely funny. I couldn't help but laugh. But, but the horse that got destroyed this week. Yeah. <laughs> so short in brief, a mate of mine. This is like that when someone you know, like have a have a what, what do you got on for the weekend? Go, yeah, I'm just gonna gonna slip on some wet clothes and watch Schindler's List. Sounds like a blast. <laughs> Let's hear the story, Tim, about the horse that got killed. Yeah, no, no. So a mate of mine had a horse that was having its first start. They had a really high opinion of it. It was running up in Sydney. Um, so much so. It, uh, no, it was out Canterbury, actually. But they, um, Farm. they'd they been offered $400,000 for this horse before it had even been run a race. How much? On the back of four hundred grand. And, uh, and so they obviously had a high opinion of it. And uh, it's run the race. And it was following a dollar thirty favourite, loomed up in behind it, hit the front with about three hundred to go, and you thought this thing's going to shit in from here. And no sooner did it get there, the other thing sort of fought back, didn't really give much of a yelp, and then something came over the top of both of them and won the race. And I'm talking to my mate, texts me after the after the race, and you're going, oh look, it was okay, but it just looked like a horse that didn't know what to do when it hit the lead. Anyway, the text message from Kane comes through afterwards saying. 
Horse broke its pelvis at the 300-metre mark, continued to run, crossed the line, had a heart attack, and then was euthanized. <laughs> <laughs> and you sort of go... Fuck, that's unlucky. Yeah. And finished third. It's the and greatest race. It's the greatest racehorse. That's the most heroic performance I've ever heard of from a racehorse. And, and that was it. Actually, it actually event. kept itself alive it, long it enough to try to win to the run. race. And and Kane's comment was, he said, "I'm devastated by everything," but he said, <laughs> "Amazingly, <laughs> it it was obviously such a tough horse to be able to still run through that." I wish clearly had, had the died. clearly had the heart of falling. The retelling has been pretty good, but Timbo threw in when he was telling the story the first time that, yeah, he came third, so, you know, I covered my money. So Tim was watching more. <laughs> got, a, got a bonus bit back. <laughs> I, just, I just love it's It's a bit of a sombre, sour, bizarre note to end a Carlton podcast on, the tale of this horse that's been destroyed. So <laughs> how did they figure out that it broke its pelvis at the 300 meter mark? Oh, because the jockey's riding it. Uh, so the jockey yeah. said, yeah. It, 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 I'm not going to pull up here. I'm just going to keep going. Well, it's pretty hard to pull up. but <laughs> It's like when the, the F1's riding around, he goes, there's something wrong with the car. Yeah. There's something wrong with but this it, thing. It didn't, it visibly to watch it, other than the fact that it slowed down, um, it didn't look like it was obviously in pain. Um, and because I, stupidly, I watched the replay again. I don't know, we've got some sort of morbid uh, masochistic bloody uh you know view of the world or whatever else but um but yeah just just wanted to see if there was you know a clear moment um but yeah but sam, said, what was the horse's name story it was called sacred captain sounds like sacred captain is a hero for our times well yes yes and wayne gretzky did say wayne that gretzky too. said that before too. you win 100 percent of the races you race with a broken pelvis <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure yeah. that's one of his Wayne Gretzky, the old wordsmith, the great one. <laughs> All right, well, we've diverged for a couple of minutes. I'm not sure if it was worth it. The listeners will, <laughs> the listeners will let us know yeah, if Sacred Captain, um, the tale of Sacred Captain, was worth hearing or not. We salute, we salute the captain. Shout out to the captain. No longer with us. Stop. The ludes have kicked in. I think the ludes have kicked in. I think the ludes have kicked in. Fab thought we were doing trackside or something halfway through the show. All right, that wraps us up. Um, for Fubba Ganoush, he's just barely holding it together. He lost it. I think wherever you are this weekend, have a drink for the captain. No longer with us. Captain Morgan. Yeah, sacred Captain Morgan. <laughs> yeah, have a Captain Morgan in honour of the sacred captain. Just remember, when you want to throw it in, keep going. <laughs> if you ever think, if you ever think oh, something's not right, race to the end and put in Josh DeLuca style effort. Redline it. <laughs> All right, Faber Ganesh, wrap us up, you idiot. And for Dr. Davis, equine doctor, Tim Davis. Always a pleasure, Sean. Doctor of veterinary uh... sciences. I bet you, you know what? I bet you upon reflection, you watched that race, and you know what happened? You watched that race, and you actually convinced yourself, like psychosomatically, you convinced yourself you were watching, and you thought, yep, that's when he's done it, right there. That's tried. I actually tried to find it. Couldn't find the moment, Sean. Oh, shit. He boarded with Andy Mackay up in Queensland when they were doing their vet veterinary science courses, Dr. Davis. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, goodbye, Dr. Davis.
Thank you, Sean. Always a pleasure. And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend of footy. Fucking we will. When you win, we will. Oh, it's so good to win on a Friday. Oh, it's great. Anyway, that's, that's it for, for us. We'll catch you next week, hopefully after another win. Correct. Go the Blues. Go Blues. Rest in peace, Captain. Can't get enough, and I just can't get enough.